This is Family Like a Ghost, and we are live with Natalie Vea. And you're Nadia. in Atlanta. Not, not, what? Nadia. Nadia. I get called Natalie all the time. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I think you just missed my pronunciation. I said Nadia, but you probably didn't hear it right. <laughs> <laughs> but Nadia Vea, and uh, you're an Atlanta based singer songwriter, but you in, reside in LA. Yeah. And, um, we are live on our three channels, our Facebook, YouTube, you can see the YouTube streaming below. And um, we're also on Twitch. Now we have been um, podcasting since 2018. Primarily we were on Spotify audio and now we are still on Spotify audio and um, Apple podcast on nine other platforms, but we're doing this video podcast is the new thing we're doing. And so we're happy to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. So we're going to introduce like the one thing we do on the video podcast that we couldn't do before is um, we can play people, artist YouTube videos. So we're actually going to play um, your, this is a new single for you, right? This video that we're going yep, to play. Brand today. new song and video. Okay. So we're getting ready to cue that up. So this is never leave the basement, which is your official music video. And we're going to put you on mute, and, uh, and then when we, we're going to come back and we'll talk about that and ask you about your whole singer-songwriter process. So with, uh, we're glad to be able to show this, and uh, we're going to go into it right now. So thank you, and we're going to play it right now. Talks. 
That was never leave the basement and we're back so yeah so that that's a pretty cool video thank you so thank you. is that something that you worked with um a producer on yes or you so did I, that yourself <laughs> so no i wish i did i mean that would be insane um i had this amazing team that helped me bring the vision together um i i kind of like came up with this crazy treatment and i took it to Lonnie, my stylist, and I told her I really wanted to take people through the decades and kind of pay tribute to WandaVision. And, oh, cool. <laughs> and big, a big part of that for me was um, going through 2020 really felt like at times I was in the simulated reality. And, you know, everything felt really out of control. We were all grieving in some way, shape, or form you know, our old lives before pandemic hit. And I love the way the Marvel series portrays grief and how it, it can have such a huge impact. And, you know, you, you can give it, I mean, it can be so detrimentally powerful. Um, and um, I, I remember in pandemic, I was making decisions to kind of helped me feel like I had a semblance of control. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna eat the same thing every single day. And like, not to get dark on you, but like, I definitely felt myself taking too much control of of my eating habits in, in mm -hmm. pandemic and falling back into some bad old habits with eating and food. And I know a lot of my friends also confided in me like, oh, I'm like having OCD tendencies come up. Like I keep checking my door lock 52 million times and I think a lot of us might have experienced this at some level, just, you know, feeling like we were stuck in a loop. And um, I, I, I wrote the song before I watched the series of WandaVision. And then when I went to go create this vision for the video, I just couldn't stop seeing the series in my mind. And I was like, okay, we have to do this. So Lonnie, my stylist, she's phenomenal. She helped me put together all these looks. And then we brought on Evan Blum, who is an insane videographer and editor. And it was a very small team. We did it with like like five people, six people. Yeah, because of COVID, you had to do COVID distance and COVID like, uh, like uh, you know, protocols. Like everybody's gotta be six feet or 10 feet. And yeah, we all got COVID tested before and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, so I was, was talking. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to an actress in New York jess davis and they were doing these small films like they have to do cgi to put like big crowds into the film <laughs> so like they used to have all these extras and now they can't have them so they just like fake them <laughs> cgi them now yeah yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> They're realizing, oh, I guess we don't have to pay extras anymore. Hopefully. Yeah, that might be a bad thing. Not. Yeah, because, you know, you Hopefully want to be not. entry level to get into stuff. Yeah, I mean, like the one thing about this whole pandemic is the ghost, you know, what I do is I've always been a bedroom producer. Uh, and I kind of just like, you know, do everything out of my bedroom studio. And so it kind of gave me a, a chance to be like, okay, well, everybody's doing that now. <laughs> so, so I kind of like everybody started like asking, well, how do you do that? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's just interesting because uh, my life did change. Cause I used to be an Uber driver uh, to get extra cash. And I totally stopped that um, because I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, everything changes. Like I haven't been able to get out and like everything I do, my day job's all at home because I'm like an IT. So I mean, it's a very traumatic thing. My daughter had to do school from home. It's like everybody's like stuck at home. So I get the idea, like being in a basement in my man cave type of thing. And I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I think about like growing up, so in the South, basements are a big thing. And when I think of being in my basement as a child, like you just like you the creativity and like all the things that you can do in a basement are are limitless when you're you know a kid so it just always felt like such a fun safe space for me um and yeah that's kind of like how the song came to be i guess it's just like a little bit of inspiration from other all well, over I like, I, like, I like how you had that little kind of glitch part where you're kind of in, on your camera and it kind of falls off and that, that's kind of cool because <laughs> <laughs> people you. are so so into like perfect today like when you think about like a lot of music they're, they're so into everything being so perfect then you have that kind of thing it's kind of unexpected and yeah, i like it i like the fact it makes it real you know what i mean well and that's another thing too that's what the song also i feel like was born out of a frustration with that the entertainment industry and social media and like this you know whole glaze of perfection um being like just shoved down our throats. I feel like it's really irresponsible and not at all accurate. <laughs> so, like when I'm saying yeah. I love myself online, it's like sarcastic. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, because it's like everything. It's like the memes online and all the you know the social media characters or influencers try to make themselves like beyond perfect. And it's you know my whole thing with music is I kind of grew up. I'm a child of the 70s, right? So I like, you know, like bands, like fusion bands, jazz, like fusion bands, like the Allman Brothers and and, and the Grateful Dead. And they didn't care if they just jammed out, you know, they wasn't, wasn't trying to make a perfect pop song. It was like, you know, I'd like go see The Clash or go see The Ramones to see who she could do. See, like, you know, Sub Pop or IRS Records. I was big time into like alternative indie and college radio. And the whole thing about that was like the honesty that you get from a guy like Kurt Cobain or Eddie Vedder or like the Talking Heads or the Ramones. And it's just like that, that seems to be like not as big today. Everybody wants to do these perfect DAW tracks. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, I, I totally feel that video from that kind of perspective that you're, you're kind of spoofing it. But um, let me get to <laughs> mm -hmm. the questions. Uh, so you're an Atlanta native and you won the IMA Vox Pop winner. You're an IMA Vox Pop winner and you got, you're also into modeling. Um, and then you are also in a, like a circus. So maybe you can kind of start from, from 
like, do you want to start from when you were a model or when you got into the circus or when you started doing music? <laughs> I'll just touch, like, I'll just give like a brief synopsis. So um, when I was 15, my mom took me to get some modeling headshots and I started doing like glasses ads and like small modeling gigs. And then um, I started my first band. My mom passed away and I kind of just jumped ship with all of that stuff because she was my biggest champion and supporter. So I mm. kind of, I guess my spirit needed to take a break from all of that and go wander. So I did that and I wound up going in a bad direction, partying and just, you know, wasn't really myself because uh, I wasn't mm. dealing with my feelings and my grief in a healthy, proper way. And as fate would have it, I was brought back to music in a weird happenstance meeting. Um, I was in school dating a guy and working at a great company. Um, and one day I woke up and I was just like, I am so unhappy. I'm so unfulfilled. And that same day kind of quit everything. My job, my boyfriend, mm -hmm. my school. And I was just like, I'm going to get back into being creative. And I didn't know what that looked like or what that meant, but Later that day, when I, as I was moving things out, I realized I needed to do a last load of laundry. So I went down to the one neighbor's house in the building I had lived in at the time that I had shared a few words with. Um, he was like this quirky guy with handlebar mustache and knocked on the door and asked to borrow a cup of laundry detergent. And he kindly obliged. And I noticed all this like stuff hanging from the ceiling because it was loft apartments. And I was like fascinated and asked him like why all the crazy contraptions and he's like oh i run a circus i'm a circus ringmaster and i was like wow that's so amazing i've always wanted to join the circus and that's when he responded something that i feel like ignited a fire that was already like seething inside of me he was like well why don't you like what's stopping you from like joining the joining the circus and then like my you know fire was ignited and I was ready to start being creative again. I started attending rehearsals and practices and found out I am not a naturally agile, flippy, <laughs> circusy being, but I tried it. It was fun. And I did some hand to hand acrobatics and I did actually perform a show where I did hand to hand acrobatics with them. And I ended up singing in the productions and um, I met my first songwriting partner post, you know, the passing of my mom. Uh, and we started a folk project. And uh, Ben Farmer is his name. And we, uh, he went to Berkeley School of Music and he really taught me so much more about songwriting and how to be a great storyteller. And that was super transformative. And from there I shifted into a reggae project. And then from there I found my way into pop, which I really fell in love with because that's kind of what I grew up on, like, you know, Spice Girls, Britney, um, you know, being a girl from the nineties, like yeah, very 90s much. Pop. Yeah, I do yeah, hear nineties pop. pop. Yeah, and I, then, I do, you have that sound. Oh yeah, and then uh, the, th the thing, the thing that I loved about it most is you could genre bend so much. Like you could have a reggae pop song, you could have a yeah. you know R and B style pop song. So it was really fun, and from there I. Um, really tried to make things happen in Atlanta and I went to Colorado for a bit, tried to make some stuff happen. And I got some, you know, songs created and done, but I felt like it wasn't quite where I wanted to be creatively and I felt limited. So then I made my way to LA and 
really quickly found my team and grew at an exponential speed that I'm even looking back on and was like, hang on, I'm a totally, like, I feel like the art helped me heal so much and transformed yeah. my spirit on, it, it's just crazy to look back and be like, wow, I'm not even that same like shy girl anymore. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, um, you know, I always follow like David Bowie, right? The good example with Bowie was he brought theater in the music, right? So you doing the circus kind of gives you like that performance aspect that I think a lot of musicians need to have that because like when you do music, if you think about what Bowie said, I just didn't, he didn't want to do it like David Jones, his normal name, right? He tried to do it kind of like David, like, like Lady Gaga tried to be just herself, right? And it didn't work. They had to kind of create the stage persona. And Bowie was like the king of stage personas that he changed all the time. But I think the whole idea is that having this other you or this ability to do performance where you can kind of, you know, when you go on stage, you kind of become another you no matter what when you're a performer. You know, because yeah. your, your stage voice is different than your normal voice, how you present yourself as an entertainer and having that, that capability, having to do in some kind of performance art, I think it helps. Do, do you think that helped you? Oh, absolutely. Um, just getting to do the stage performances and it gave me a lot of confidence because mm. uh, I was leaving a pretty dark space in my, you know, my, yeah. my mind and just being around quirky people like that and just you know, having that yeah, kind that of exposure and le life lessons. It was very like needed. I literally would not be here today if I didn't have that experience with the circus. So. Very so, cool. So, so like your primary writing instrument is it a guitar, or because I see you play a guitar in the video, or is it like you just use like MIDI keyboards or piano? Is like when you write, how do you write? So I am very basic at guitar. I am not there yet on my guitar journey, uh, but I will get there. Guitar is definitely my instrument of choice uh, when songwriting. I have incredible musicians that I work with right now. Um, as I get my chops honed. But I've done, I've started songs on piano. Like I have a song coming out later this year called When You Think About Love. It began all on piano. Um, mm -hmm. Boomerang, my song that's out now, or that's been out for a while, started on piano. So it, it really just depends, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a keyboard player. I'm a, you know, synthesis. So a lot of my stuff starts either with like an, an analog modular gear or like keyboards because that's what I do. But I, I can never play guitar. My brother was a guitar player and I wanted to play guitar. So I had this kind of frustration that, so I try to make my Moog sound like guitars. <laughs> um, but well, um, <laughs> Piano, I can't, I can't make a piano sound good. Like as soon as I picked up a guitar, I was like, okay, this is my instrument. I'm gonna yeah, work you on know, it. Yeah. But I think, I think everyone ha like, has their, their spirit instrument. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because the synthesizer, what I found about it, what I liked about it, and everybody uses MIDI or DAWs, is that you can, you know, you can become a string section. You can do the horns, you can do the drums, you can do everything. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm a child of the 70s. So I used to have these basement bands and I got these like, you know, mini Moogs and Rollins and stuff. And I was able to get with the bands and we were like, okay, we can be like the talking heads. We can try to do experimental stuff. And um, and it, it was cool because then I could just write like everything. Can I? I'd be like the writer, so I write the bass line, the drum line, and then the real guy, the guys like the bass player, would come in and like write a better line. 
or the drum I did on an 808, he, the drummer would take it and make it better. And like everybody kind of said, yeah. that's what they do. In the 70s, they, all we had was Tascams and four trackers. We didn't have DAWs. We just had like, you know, whatever four track or reel to reel you could use. So um, I kind of still am DAWless. I don't use DAWs <laughs> when I write. But um, it's just interesting today, like all the tools that people have, you have so many choices uh, when you write. So when do you write, do you use a DAW or do you work in a studio? Do you go to a studio and work with like producers or do you have like a demo that you bring to the producer? So it varies. Sometimes I'll just start out with a voice note on my iPhone or I'll um, track a little demo in my apartment or at a friend's house and then mm -hmm. we'll build from there. Or I'll be in the studio with my boys and be like, hey, I have this chorus idea. Can you guys jam on the piano or the guitar for a little bit? Let's just jam and then we'll find something that we like and expand on it. So it really just depends on the song or the, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, the feeling. I mean, a lot of times I like to, to do that kind of old school 70s type of thing. You go in with a full band and you just record in the studio or you record, record in your practice session. I find that that tends to work better than anything I planned tends to like, like the happy accents I find as a songwriter. If I try to plan something out, it might be okay. But like, as soon as I go get with somebody else, get with other musicians and my plans tend to evolve way beyond what I thought they were going to be. <laughs> yes. That's why I, when I'm in a, like a co-writing situation, like where I'm jamming with people, I never like to go in with like a full fleshed idea, fleshed out idea. I'm just like, Hey, I have this line, this one line that I'm hearing. What do you guys think? And then it gets yeah. expanded upon and then the energy is bigger, you know, so do you tend to do you tend to like to write that way more than trying to do like a lot of people today like at home in their dogs will do these fully fleshed out things um but but i find that what you just said is coming in with like like i might just come in with a mode baseline and that's it or just a drum line that's it and then have other people kind of vibe off of it I love collaboration. I really do. I think it's just so fun to like feed off of each other's energy and it's like a wonderful social experience too. Um, mm -hmm. some of my best friends are my people that I make music with. So, you know, Oh yeah, that sounds like that's really interesting because so many people are into like, well, I think what happens like in the DAW and the digital audio workstation, you can be a total control person. Like, and some people have, very complete ideas, right? So they, they come in there and it's like, well, I know exactly what I want, right? And so they go and they do it. And then, um, but but it is like, like I, I think the whole nature of being an artist, especially when you're like a collaborative musician, is that like you really, you can't, you kind of grow when you work with other people, you know? Absolutely, I've I learned think. so much in those sessions like that. I just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I just think it's like a better experience um, for me. But in, the problem is like during the lockdown, you can't do that as much. And so what I've had to do is like, you know, send a file to somebody and then get a file back because I'm working with people like all over the world and stuff. Like I work with somebody in Sweden or Canada or Germany, and it's not the same as being physically together so have you been able to stay with your kind of pod of people or did you have to do stuff remote so luckily um i was able to ex 
stay working in the same way that I was before because a lot of my collaborators are overseas anyway. So we were Zooming before everything went down. Um, okay, so you're already doing that. So that's yeah. Good. And my my main collaborator is here in LA, my mixer producer, Tyler Spratt. And um, I love working with him because I can just sit in the studio and like go through every detail. Um, yeah. And it's local to me. So yeah, it's been, my workflow wasn't really interrupted by the pandemic. I just kind of kept you were able to keep on doing the same thing that I was doing. That's interesting because I had some bands that were like full rock bands, and the drummer, the drummers were having a lot of problems because, like, the the, the physical drummers in like alternative type indie rock bands, they're like it's hard for drummers to like collab. You know, not that they can't, and they did, but they they had a problem when they can't be in the studio. You know, they're not that they could be; they could be in their home studio. But it's like different playing the drums against like a wave file versus being in the studio and doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's completely a different vibe. It, it's such a hard thing for them to do, and like all everybody else, like that does other types of instruments, seem to be able to kind of handle it. But the the drummers seem to have the most trouble from what I've talked to in the last year. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting. Like some people were able to like kind of were were stopped dead by the like you know. The pandemic they they didn't know what to do they, they, there were bands that like only recorded in studios didn't have a daw and then they were kind of stuck you know because they had to like try to relearn how they do their own stuff yeah but that's cool yep. you didn't have to do it it's been a, <laughs> a process for everyone i feel like somewhat in some way shape or form we've had to like make some adjustment but no in terms of live performance were you doing a lot of live performance before I, I was and that was the biggest like oh okay yeah i'm not going to any venues anytime soon um but i did try to get on the live stream train and in the beginning it was super rough i was like was oh my God, i don't know do if i sat if people can hear me or if it sounds anywhere like decent well the problem, problem i heard was like a lot of artists vibe off the crowd right that so, too so if, so if you don't get the crowd interaction you don't know if they're digging you or not so you have no idea how you should play it right yeah. like if you play a lot of a live audience you can kind of like i know how i should do this right i can immediately see the reaction i can see if i'm not if I'm, it's not hitting right but like if you're on the net like you're okay what i found is i kind of have to vibe in myself like i just kind of get lost in what i'm doing and hope that my enthusiasm will go through because I can't really try to feel the feedback. And uh, like, if, you, if you're an artist that kind of depends on that, it's very difficult, I think. Yeah, it was like, it definitely was an adjustment period for me. Cause like, it, you know, when you're used to doing so much live stuff, you know, you do get that audience reaction. So like the first few shows, live streams were rough. And then it was kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna have fun with this. And I'm just gonna jam in my living room like I would anyway. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, hope people. Then you let it go. Yeah, yeah, you let it go. I think you have to let go some of that like anxiety about how are they hitting it and just kind of if you enjoy yourself, right? It's kind of like this whole thing. If you're into what you're doing and you're excited, you can, you can create that exuberance to make other people excited. Yeah. So I think you just have to kind of say, okay, well, I'm just going to be so into have it. Fun. <laughs> that everybody else will get into it because I'm happy, you know. I'm just in, you know, I'm energetic or I'm feeling something. So. 
I think that's how a lot of people are doing it now. They're kind of vibing it or they're, they're using studio tricks. Like, you know, like I wear like stagecraft, <laughs> like fan outfits. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, you just, I think people just figure out what they're going to do. And uh, um, so are you trying to get back into live performance or is that still like not something you can do where you are? So I do have a show in June in LA at the Mint on, I think it's June 18th. I will be posting about it if that is incorrect. It's either June 18th or June 19th, but mm -hmm. um, it's at the Mint live and it's gonna be their main stage. So we're, we're getting back to it. And That's then cool. I'm working on, on booking some other stuff too. So very excited about that. Yeah, we're still doing just like, I'm doing a big thing like I talked about where I've been on the air since 2018 to have like 60 guests. So we're trying to get as many guests that we've had to do like an online festival in July from like the 16th to the 18th. So, so yeah. And I think you said you do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. So, um, yeah. So I, I, normally I go to New York and Boston and play in clubs in New York and Boston, but I still haven't like figured out how to do that yet. But um, when I can, I will do it again. But for now, we're doing this like the podcast and we're doing that ability to like help other people, which is the whole idea of, of this is to kind of create like, um, I don't know, like a, like, a, like a community, you know, like the podcast community is a, a bunch of musicians that we kind of dig each other and then we talk to each other and then we create this, uh, you know, nice a, a vibe. Yeah, yeah, I think we just kind of like push each other. And then you get into what other people are doing. So in terms of your influences, who who are your influences as artists that got you, like when you started to write, who were you inspired by? Not that you were like trying to clone them, but who, what other, what artists did inspire you to get into what you're doing? So from all over different genres, um, Nirvana's major influence for me, uh, um, Paramore, Haley Williams, love her. She is a vocal goddess. Um, uh, any really good angsty 90s, like like Alanis Morissette, Jewel. Mm -hmm. um, okay. uh, I, obviously like all the pop greats, like Christina, Britney, Spice mm -hmm. Girls, like all that's, you know, ma massive for me. Um, uh celine dion strangely enough i grew up on the french oh, album well that's a great great her she has a great voice it's kind of i like, freaking like, love celine dion and i just love how nerdy and like just like she's just so quirky and weird <laughs> um and um definitely grew up on a lot of classic rock mm -hmm. um guns and roses yeah led zeppelin the eagles uh grew up on a lot of middle eastern music yeah and, you're from Le lebanon right you're lebanese or yeah you, mm -hmm. are you born in lebanon or born in the u.s born in the u.s but my dad's in lebanese yeah lebanese and straight from there um and then i spent a lot of time in the islands i i grew up in curacao going to curacao for like 13 years of my life and then i lived there for a little bit too mm -hmm. and was gonna go to school there actually um so I definitely acquired an ear for like a lot of island sounds and I really like got drawn into like reggae. And I mean that island in itself has like over mm -hmm. 500 different nationalities on it. So it's just like this culture, like. Yeah, well it's a good, I think it's genre bending is what 
I like to do. You know, I think a lot of people today, man, what I call my record label is expansive sound, you know, because I merged like everything. But my my kind of, I like fusion, I like jazz, I like rock, I like Hendrix, you know, I like hip hop. I like, I like Johnny Cash. I like Frank Sinatra, you know, I like John Coltrane. I like Sunrise, you know, I like, you know, you know, guys like Tyler, the creator. And I like all this other stuff. I mean, I like, I'm all over the map. And so I will listen to, like, I'll talk to somebody from Nashville. I'll talk to a country star and I'll talk to a DJ. I'll talk to a punk rocker. I'll talk to a heavy metal band. It's not all just electronic. It's like whatever is out there. Um, good music is good music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to just go to read Rolling Stone back in the 70s. And then whatever got four or five stars, I go to a record store and get it. It didn't matter what 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 genre it was. It's just like, go check it out. My dad kind of got me into that. My dad had like Frank Sinatra, Nat and Cole, and then Johnny Cash. And then Ella Fitzgerald, and he had Motown, and he had, you know, the Beatles, and he had the Stones. So he, he was a record collector, and he just had all this vinyl. And I just grew up like, wow, this stuff is cool. And I just didn't really care, you know, where, you know, what the genre was. I was like, my dad was like all over the map. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a hard time with the subscribing to the ideal that artists have to stay in a particular genre. Um, and that's why I love pop because you can do whatever you want. Like if you listen to Halsey's discography, she's, yeah, you know, yeah. one of our greatest, you know, pop stars, but she definitely genre bends like no other. She's got some country sounding stuff. She's got, like, she's all over the place and I freaking love it. I'm here for that. And I, I yeah, right. do wish more artists would um, yeah. embrace that. When I kind of grew up with like Prince and Stevie Wonder, you know, guys like that, like that they could cross. Like, you know, on, on a Prince album, he would go multiple genres on the same album, you know, totally, totally out of left field. Stuff that sounds like demos, stuff that sounds like craft work, stuff that sounds like, you know, Hendrix, sounds like Satana, sounds like hip hop, sounds like whatever. He didn't really care. It's just like whatever he felt like doing, that's what it is. Um, yeah. And I think that that's hard today. People want to, pin you into something so oh you're especially in electronic music like oh you're edm your techno your trance it's very very segmented you know and even in hip-hop it gets like very segmented what type of hip-hop you are and i think it's better to kind of be just like oh i'm gonna have anything i'm gonna yeah. take country i'm gonna take you know heavy metal i'm gonna take jazz i'm gonna like in the same song <laughs> you know sample <clears throat> whatever <clears throat> and i think i think people should not have these kind of barriers, you know, to, to music. You know, I think the whole idea of music, you shouldn't have that kind of barrier. Yeah. I'm getting confused. Is it Picasso or Van Gogh that has the color periods? Wait. I think yeah, I don't know. I'm not as much of a graphic artist. My daughter's a graphic artist. She could probably tell you. <laughs> Regardless, so like you know how painter painters have their color periods. Yeah, they have, everybody has their period. Yeah. I, I feel like right now I'm in my pop rock period, period of my artistry, and then from there we'll see where it goes. Like I might switch it up and be an R&B artist after I'm done with these series of songs that are like more aggressive. So yeah, I think that's I think how it's cool that you can people can go into like retro soul. And then they, you know, they get guys who, who do nothing but Delta blues. You get guys, you know, do nothing but like heavy metal. And I think it's cool to like just it, it, it just explore wherever you go. Because like if I go do a recording session, like one day I might be doing jazz. I might be trying to do some Coltrane stuff. 
the next day I might be trying to do like, you know, Sergeant Pepper type stuff. You know, and it depends on where my head's at. Is if I want to go into like classic like Beatlesque chord progressions and stuff, it's like yeah, because that that stuff's always cool. It's always good. You know, I, you can never run out of Beatle type ideas. No, they <laughs> were also of, all over the place, and I love it. But then you can get to like a guy like Keith Richards, which I love about Keith Richards. He's kind of got this kind of sloppy, discordant kind of off time guitar. You think about the Stones, it's a lot of this stuff is a little off the beat. It's kind of like rough and ragged if you listen to like Exile Main Street. And that's that's kind of hard to do today, which sometimes so many producers want to control the timing and control. But if you listen to bands like The Grateful Dead and you know Frank Zappa and stuff like that, it's like the stuff isn't always perfect timing. That somehow mm -hmm. the, the, when you have something that's a little off. There's beauty in the, like it being inconsistent. In the imperfections, yeah. Yeah, the imperfection of some of the classic stuff from the 70s is that it won't go to a clock. That is a little off. It'll change keys. It'll do this. And then everybody's like, today, so, oh, I got to keep the BPM. I got to keep the BPM. I like, get people to stop dancing. Yeah. Yeah, because, mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I understand that's a certain genre, but, like, you know, when you get into rock, you don't have to do that. You, you, you can be like, yes, you can be a progressive rock band and, Pink Floyd, you, you start off in one key, you start from one timing and switch to another one. Um, so that's that's kind of where my head's at. I'm, what I like to do is songs beyond three minutes, like eight, nine, 10 minute songs, <laughs> which is not what people want to hear, you know, today in the club most of the time. But but I think it's like, you know, there's a place for everything, like you said. Um, oh yeah, there are people that are, there's an audience for every everyone, every artist and every sound. So. Yeah. So, so you've been collaborating with people for your own work overseas. You you mentioned that. Do you actually work with other people? Like, do you like guest or do like top lines with other artists? Yes, I love writing with other artists. Um, songwriting is my favorite part of what I do. Um, I have some other artists that I've written for too that just haven't released music yet, but will be later this year. Um, mm -hmm. And I also do some artist development which is cool and really fun and rewarding. It's kind of nice, like since I've made a lot of mistakes in the beginning of my career, I can kind of like guide other artists not to do mm -hmm. those things. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned an artist to me and I, I am going to be interviewing her. Amazing. We did, okay, cool. we, yeah, we did get together and we're, we were, we're working on setting that up. But um, yeah, so I appreciate that. You can send any other artists my way you want. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do. Yeah, yeah. Brina, Brina Rose, she's a sweetheart and she yeah. works hard and it was really fun working on her first single with her and we're going to start oh, so working on a new piece soon too. So. Oh, so you're co-writing co with her? Mm -hmm. Co-writing and uh, awesome. helping facilitate and produce her photo shoots and visuals awesome. and giving so career guidance. Like, so you're under, she's under your wing a little bit. Yeah, helping That's out cool. where I can. So I, I love doing that. Um, if there are any artists listening right now, if you're looking to learn about the industry and expand your discography and like want to learn songwriting um, on a deeper level, like definitely DM me and we can definitely oh, chat. Well, we have your link tree up here. It's going to be up here permanently when this goes like on our permanent links. Um, yeah, we're. I mean, I, I'm always collabing myself. Like I'm collabing with this producer from Holland, and we're looking for like somebody to do top lines for the stuff we're coming up with. And um, 
Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, but I think you said you might send some people my way, but <laughs> I always announce it. You know, I'm always looking out for doing stuff, but yeah, yeah, let's I mean, let's, I, I, let's chat about that for sure. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you know, just I I just like to go in all different directions. Normally, I don't do like techno, EDM stuff. I'm more more like experimental, but this this the stuff I'm doing with this guy from Holland is um is a little different than what I normally do, which is why you like to collab because you, you work with somebody because like you'd go somewhere you normally don't go. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's interesting, like how you can meet people, like everybody's been locked down, like you had the song in the basement, but I've actually met so many people during this lockdown kind of situation, <laughs> um, more than when I was on the road. <laughs> yeah, I made so many friends online. <laughs> it's crazy. And then I've gotten to meet some of them in real life now too. That's cool which is cool. So what, what's your, what's your opinion on the, like the future of music and like how streaming services, you know, work? Like, can we, we're here because I found you by because you were on social media or on a streaming service, but then, you know, a lot of musicians have opinions about how, how this actually works for us. Well, what are your kind of thoughts from that kind of perspective? I believe that social media is an amazing tool I've again connected with some of my favorite collaborators and then people like yourself on Instagram and, and Facebook and such. I think it can get a little toxic at times, you know, there's the vicious cycle of like, okay, this, you know, can get, you know, we can get inundated with maybe too much, too much perfection or too much of a certain message to where we start going down bad rabbit holes for our mental health. So there's two sides to the coin of, of social media. It can be beautiful and amazing and very useful and helpful, but it can also be, it's really what you make it though. Like I've really tried to, you know, uh, follow more inspiring accounts and um, limit my time online as well. And just- uh, Yeah, kind of think people can get caught up in like, becoming like a habit like gambling you know you, you can get online you would like you can be so like into trying to um hit those online goals or like the the whole social media goals are like i gotta get this many likes i gotta do this many posts i gotta get you know then to get affected like when somebody gives you a bad statement you know comes back and they you know it could trigger you to undergo all this stuff and it's like okay well i'm an artist so what, i'm just gonna shut that off and i'm gonna go right <laughs> yeah yeah you know, if it gets too I much find that when stuff, i spend less time online right. i i have more creative flow so yeah because you can get caught up in it like you end up wasting hours it's like i could have been writing mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't need to be here <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a time suck um i did start setting the timer room my um you've exceeded a certain amount of time like i have mine set for 45 minutes uh so that way i can know to get the f offline <laughs> but yeah, yeah um yeah i think that's like the biggest thing for anyone to just practice just either like limit your time or like set a cutoff time and maybe don't look at social media first thing when you get going yeah i think it's hard it's like if you're if you're kind of like a creature of the of the web then like, you know, I use it to get guests, you know, there's yeah. certain things I do 
so I'll go, I'll go looking for other artists or, yeah. or I'll read my messages to find artists that are pinging me or I'm pinging them. And so like, it's kind of like that, it's kind of part of your workflow. Um, but, but there's stuff where you guys like, Hey, I'm going to go outside and ride my bike. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out. It's all I, about uh, balance. It's all about balance. Walk my, walk my dog, you know? <laughs> right. It's all just about a balancing act. I think with, I mean, that's the secret to life. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think like every artist, I just, how much time do you spend practicing? How much time do you spend rehearsing? How much do you spend marketing? I think that's the whole thing as an artist, because like a lot of us are all kind of like do it ourselves, right? So we got to put on a marketing hat. You got to put on, you know, the production hat. You got to do the video. You got to do this. You take over so much. So you find it like that's hard to do everything, or do you like having the control? I hate it. <laughs> I would love to toss out some of the hats to somebody else that will look better in them. Um, I would like to just literally have the life of Ariana Grande <laughs> where you wake <laughs> up and you make music. Um, although I wouldn't like not writing my own songs. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I would like, to be able to just wake up and do the art side of it. I don't really give a crap about the marketing. I love making visuals. I love coming up with video treatments and concepts. Mm. I love designing photo shoot ideas, like all, anything creative I'm here for, even creative marketing ideas I can get behind. It's mm -hmm. the tedious stuff. Yeah, that like the stuff I've that you have to do to try to get, you know, get out there. Like, you know, the stuff, that 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 A and R guys were used to do, yeah, um, like you know, stuff when you get post on, on the label. three times a day. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's like the stuff when you used to get signed. You know, that all those guys, your managers and your A and R, would go and do it, and they go go to the radio station and get all the DJs to play your record in rotation. You know, it's like all that stuff that now yeah. we have to go and do the same equivalent of talking to some radio DJ. Except it's like a, a, a playlist, we're trying to get on a playlist. We're trying to get on this social media show. You're trying to get on this podcast. You're trying to get this. You're trying to get the newspaper. You're trying to get fanzine. You know, you got to do so much work. Then you're like, well, I just want to play, right? I just want to write. 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 <laughs> and then he's I mean, like, I got to spend all this time doing not writing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think it's good to know how all the lay of the land is. Um, and I think, you know, it definitely gives you some skin in the game to attract the other people to wear the hats. <laughs> so yeah. definitely if you're an artist out there, do all the things, but do them balanced as possible and, um, you know, make time for self-care because that's important too. But what do you think about the, the way we get paid though? I mean, a lot of our streaming money is like in micro pennies, right? And a lot of times as an artist, like you make more money selling a t-shirt or a poster or merch than you do on your music. Like you have to like do a merch table sometimes, unless you get into like sync licensing and you get your thing, you know, put onto a TV show or commercial or radio or something. Yeah, I, I do believe that, um, I actually just filmed a video about this, actually, that I'm gonna post up on social later this week, um, next week, 
but basically, yeah, the the pay structure is completely messed up, and there's been no adjustments made since we've lost mechanical royalties, which is ridiculous. You know, mm -hmm. the fact, I mean, I feel like art has always been looked at as a commodity, but that lens has definitely widened with streaming. Yeah, and yeah. so many more people are, uh, you know, even, I mean, even my friends, I've had to educate them like, hey, when you stream my song, that's amazing and I appreciate the support. And, but I'm literally making a tenth of a penny, if that, because yeah. by the time yeah. I pay my producers, like, for every stream. So they, they like, don't even know that they're contributing by just paying the $10 to Spotify. Like they're kind of co-signing on artists, not making livable wages, doing the work yeah. that they do, because it is work, it's a job. You know, yeah. artists are the voice of the people and it's an important job, it's an important role and it should be properly compensated. So my hope is as we're coming out of this pandemic that we will start seeing shifts in that pay structure. I do believe there are a lot of people on our side advocating, you know, trying yeah. to change things. Yeah, I but, think they need to do with like what's happened during the pandemic is like Spotify and SoundCloud put these like COVID relief buttons and people could contribute like a like like to a to an artist. They could say, I want to give them more money, right? They could basically donate. But I think they should do something more permanent where, you know, if you want to, like, if you like love an artist and the artist you listen to most, shouldn't you get a little bit more of that money, right? Like, so my whole thing is, like, if you, it, like, I, if I love a band, I go buy their vinyl. I, I'll go buy their T-shirt. I'll go buy their poster. I'll go buy, go on their website and buy all their merch. Right. Because I want I want to support the band. So if you love a band, yeah, go to iTunes and actually buy the record. Go to Amazon and actually buy the record. You know, right. go into the record store and buy the vinyl. Um, the times like, that people, fans have used that Spotify donate button, they don't know what that does for an artist. Day they're like you're like instantly like, oh, I've been making this music without a thank you for a while. You know, like and then you're like, oh, okay, somebody. I mean. Yeah, you know we I mean, don't that, do it for the money, it, but like it does yeah. make it does make yeah, awesome. it makes you it makes you feel good, you know. And I think if they found a way to to like okay, like if people could donate and then you get like a PDF or you get like a video or you get something from the artist that gives you that connection like you used to get with vinyl, right? So so I think the whole thing I grew up with vinyl. And I had this kind of tactile relationship with music. Like if I love a band, I want to have their album in front of me i want to read the lyric sheet i'm gonna i'm not just jumping around a spotify playlist i want to listen to a complete thought of an artist so i want to listen to their full ep or their album and actually have it i think a lot of kids today maybe aren't don't think that way they they don't they didn't grow up with the album they're growing up with the with the playlist <laughs> yeah and i i think like the whole dynamic like the the younger generation, like they don't know what it is to sit and consume an entire artist's uh, discography and sit with the lyric pamphlet in their room. Like that, those were yeah. cherished moments for people like you, you know, like our, yeah. my generation, your generation. Yeah, so, I used to sit in the basement listening to Zep. You know, I used to sit in the basement with four or five guys doing whatever, listening to Pink Floyd or Zep, 
right? And it was a whole experience that like we listened to the whole record. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was like, we're going to listen to Dark Side of the Moon. We're going to listen to the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. We, we just jump around. And I think, you know, on a playlist. And I think that is like, you do get fans today within, within the indie movement that will buy a pro- whole project from an artist. You know, it, tend, it tends to be in our genre that people will do that. Because um, they, they really get into like the fact that we're kind of on this indie level. Um, but, um, yeah, I just think there needs to be more support because if you think about it, like YouTubers can get donations for playing video games, <laughs> but it's hard to get a music fan to actually do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely different, but I think there's some positive shifts happening slowly but surely. I think education is also a big part of it. It's just letting fans know like, hey, when you stream my song, that's great, but Go an extra mile if you really like what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go buy it. You know, watch the YouTube video. Tell friends about it. You know, you know, get you know, watch, watch me on social media. Because the weird thing is, social media will actually pay you more. Like if you put your stuff on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, your royalty rates are higher. If your yeah. stuff is converted there, um, yeah. and so if you, if you get your fans to realize. Well, if you actually watch me on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, I actually get more money. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's crazy. But that's that's kind of how it works. You know, it's not all about money, but we I think every artist, we do it because we love it. But I think people need to understand that music costs money. Like you say, you have to master. You got to pay your producer. You got to pay a recording engineer. You got to do the artwork. Expensive. It's, it's expensive to create a song. But it's also time intensive. So Oh yeah. You don't even get paid for the time. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> you know, Super time. I think people it's like 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 if you think about a painter, you know, it's like a starving artist. Like you get that big payday for because you get like a benefactor where you get in the gallery and you better have all this work before you can actually get to that gallery. But now like with musicians, we don't even get to go to the gallery. <laughs> yeah, there's no gallery options for us. <laughs> we need the gallery options. You think we could figure out a Bitcoin or stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, so to get people like, okay, I want to digitally own, own like some kind of crypto version of my music, and then suddenly they, people want to get into it because it's like crypto music. Um, I don't know, but like it yeah. seems like you, you got to get on some kind of new. You got to get into a video game soundtrack you know you got to get like on a sync licensing into advertising uh or or you know independent films you know work with independent filmmakers and get your stuff placed on indie films um yeah it's just different types of things you can do i mean being an electronic musician i could do 30 seconds to get into like on my on one of my scents and get into some kind of sync licensing situation and you might not even know i'm doing it but but it's like I I'd rather have the ghost stuff be more known. But if I got to make money, then I do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Then it can fund the, the stuff we really love. Yeah, you fund but, the stuff you love. You know, with the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. At least it's music, right? But well, I only have so about hard. five minutes, unfortunately. Wrap. Oh yeah, another place to go. Okay, well we can we can wrap it up. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I have to go actually to the studio tonight. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I just enjoyed have, having you on 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 the on the program. We are gonna publish this to our other um, audio partners. 
like we have 11 audio partners that this is going to go to Spotify, podcast, Apple, right? So within an hour, it's going to start migrating into the audio podcast world on top of this. Amazing. So thank you for being on the program. We appreciate it. Thank you. If you have any like last questions, no worries. I can hang, hang around. I just wanted to let you know. That no, that's fine. To... Yeah, we, we tend to go long. So we forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, fun. no worries. We're artists. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I think it's just great that um, you're, 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 are you working on a new project for this year beyond the, the video you did? Are you, is that part of like an EP or an album? So this song is kind of like a, hi, I have something bigger coming. Um, I'm working on, so this, I have 12 songs that are kind of all cohesively this pop rock vibe. And I'm kind of in the midst of deciding if I'm going to split them into, split them into two projects and do two EPs, or if I'm just going to do them all as an album, my first album. Mm -hmm. So that sounds good. That sounds good. I, I, I would go for the album. That's just me. But, but yeah. I, I think the way the world is, two EPs might actually be better. Yeah, the way the world is right now. And I think also, too, like with my love of visuals and creating videos, too, this will give each song a little bit more focus and love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, I'm obsessed with all these songs. They're my little 12 little, like, children that I'm going to send to Ivy League school. You can do part one and part two and have, like, EP one, EP two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. And leading up to it, I have a collaboration with an artist named Danny out of um, Nashville. He actually goes by DNNY. So it's Danny. Oh, cool. mm -hmm. um, and it's coming out in June. And it's called oh. Good For You, question mark. Good for you. Like the letters. Cool. Um, oh, I like that. I think for and, Christ type of thing. <laughs> it's fun. It's really a fun song. And it has that, like, pop rock, like, just super hyped up vibe like it just makes you really like get going and um then i'll just trickle out some of the songs from the ep as singles and boom two eps this year yeah and then i'm also going to be releasing a halloween single oh. called snake lady do you like to do that is that the first time you've done that or is that something you like to do i love this season i am totally like a big celebrator of the October holiday. Um, and yeah, every year I do something in regards to Halloween. So cool. Cool. Well, the, and then I, I'll have a Christmas, a Christmas project too. Oh, wow. So that, that, that was well, smart because it's good to kind of, you know, you know, capitalize on stuff like that because as artists, we have to figure out like how to, how to do something that's going to, you know, hit the audience in a good way. So I think it's a Halloween thing and the Christmas thing. That's always cool. Yeah, I love the holidays. <laughs> so I well, celebrate in song. Well, thank you for being on the program. We, we'll, you know, we're going to send you the links after. I know you'll be going to the studio, but we'll probably be sending you the links as we do it. And um, yeah, we, we're just excited that you know that you came on the program, and we're happy to have you on the um, festival we're going to be doing. So we'll talk more about that. Sounds offline. good. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you very you. much. Okay, bye. Bye. Have a good night. You too. Thank you.